From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, joined by the COVID-free Uncle Funky Larry Jones. My brother like <laughs> no other. From another mother in living color, hey KG. Hey. <laughs> How yes. you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I took the family even the little one, the four-year-old, to get tested for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say we're, we're, we're virus-free. Okay. Uh, we did the swab, and I took the blood test Okay, just to be extra, extra, extra. And um, it's good. So in this unique form of life that you've been proclaiming since before January, it's imperative, folks, that you keep your mask, use your hand sanitizer, wash your hands, and practice social distancing as best you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know that sometimes sounds easier said than done, but KG's been on this bandwagon, folks, since December. How he mm-hmm. knew what he knew, I don't know. But my brother said, huh, something's coming, and you better get ready. Hey. So I took heed, and he was spot on. There are things that are a little different, but you really can enjoy life even with a mask. Even with a mask. And that's just like the least of things that people can do. Come I on, mean, bro. This is just, uh, I I was out of town when everything came down right. here in the state. And I'm on the road and I'm seeing on the news and I'm like, uh, I just felt embarrassed, to be honest. I was like, wow, we were doing so well. And then our idiot governor, <laughs> you know, who wants to kowtow and do whatever uh, COVID-45 says, and now look <laughs> at us. But one thing that does ease our mind and makes our soul happy, mm-hmm. at least for me, yeah, is food. Yes. <laughs> food, food, food. And on the phone for the Public Affairs Podcast, we have the managing partner of Black Restaurants, week mr Derek robinson is on the public affairs podcast what's up bro congratulations on five years thanks man thank you guys thank you guys for having us on today i really really appreciate it and i'm glad to hear that everyone is covid free and that's exactly what we're doing here with black restaurant week we're definitely uh unfortunately as you all know the restaurant industry took a massive severe hit when it has come to their operations and you know just as you mentioned before i mean food is essential for a lot of individuals. And that's what we were putting in the forefront of highlighting these great eateries. Um, I know traditionally in the past, we've had it to where we highlighted restaurants in one space, but this year we've opened it up to everyone um, when we, uh, with one of our initiatives, which is uh, having a national directory highlighting restaurants, mm-hmm. caterers, bartenders, and food trucks, uh, even folks who do meal prep this year. We want to make sure that all those individuals get the the attention they need and be able to have money in their pockets. Because again, we got to eat to survive. We we got to eat. So yeah, Yeah. Uh, I love that you all. um, First of all, when you all kicked this off five years ago, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had you on my old community affairs show, Access Houston, (laughs) um, talking about it five years ago, and, and and I participated and. I just absolutely love it. So for those who may not even be familiar with Mm -hmm. how uh, the inception came, how did you all come up with this concept? Yeah, so again, it started in April 2016 with uh, Warren Luckett uh, and uh, the founder and myself and my other business partner, uh, Fallon Farrell. He just came and pitched this idea. He was, if you know, folks who don't know, Warren is a wine distributor with Brand Wine Wines and he was going to restaurants and just seeing 
uh, the, the lack of representation. And, and so from there, he kind of said, you know, I, I see that we want to make a change in the space for, for black food and, and the black culinary arts. And that's how he came and pitched the idea to us, uh, found myself because we also worked separately on a project with him through the Urban League as well, too. So the synergy was already there. He came to this idea with us and we just kind of just, what I believe is blew it out the, bar, out of the water and blew out the park. And so it's developed over a year from just a one week experience and the support has been just overwhelming from the city of Houston and, you know, Houston's home is where we're headquartered. And, you know, we, we give Houston a first track for everything that we do. And, and you know, individuals said we want more, uh, we want more time and we, we increased it to two weeks. And then we were blessed to be able to not only take it from Houston, but travel across the country mm -hmm. uh, doing this same experience. And again, it's just been a huge blessing for us to, to really do what we truly love, which is giving back to the culinary uh, industry. So Derek, it's Uncle Larry. I, uh, believe at this unique time in history with people staying at home and working from home that when they get a chance to search and look and see this is a perfect opportunity for folk who are looking for a different culinary experience to to visit our mm -hmm. restaurants am i close absolutely okay absolutely and that's what we're trying to present uh this year as well too is giving individuals the opportunity to know what's in their own backyard uh, just having the opportunity to search, you know, just in conjunction with some of the other food platforms that are out there like Grubhub and Uber Eats, you know, they're able to start highlighting some of these restaurants that in their own backyard again. And so, but we're taking up another notch, but again, by not only highlighting the, the, um, the restaurants, but also the food trucks. So there are also restaurants in our eyes as well, too. Um, and just that caterer that that has an opportunity to, to have meals that they can provide for individuals, as well as, again, just those meal prep folks who who want to ensure that folks have their nutrition throughout the entire week for those who honestly can't cook. But, you know, they fill in the gap for that. Right. Uh, um, but, you know, we're just this entire year, this uh, this series that we're doing for the entire year, we're encouraging uh, delivery and carry out. Um, so, again, in Houston, we launched that whole entire experience July 10th to the 19th. And we're encouraging individuals to, to dine at home, have date night at home, have family night at home, um, having that bonding experience over food, you know, trying a new restaurant. And the thing that's so interesting about that, Funky Larry, is that we can all try different foods from the same area, right? Like you can have barbecue, I can have soul food, and then, you know, KG can have uh, a daiquiri or whatever case the mix may be. But we're all trying uh, and patroning different restaurants that in the in the in the environment you you are so in my head because i was about to ask you could you give our listeners on the podcast uh, a range of the variety and diversity of the restaurants and food trucks that'll be featured during this week absolutely so we have a good range i know we're going to make make our formal announcement soon about the participating restaurants but we have almost over 50 restaurants uh this year um and so we have our hometown favorites such as this is it um lucille's um, uh, we also have some newcomers, uh, it's called Rocco's, uh, smoke, smokehouse, excuse me. Um, we also have a food truck out in Katy called Sneaky Eat. So we have some really cool things in that, that we're showing folks, uh, in their own neighborhoods and just really expanding, uh, their palate, if you will. Excellent. And so, and with that as well, too, we're encouraging individuals to participate in our bingo game. It's called Black Bingo. So in conjunction, you know, say, hey, I tried dinner here. I tried breakfast here. I also had a, uh, we have a flavor, po uh, flavor passport where I tried a vegan restaurant. I tried it at a Caribbean restaurant. I've tried an African restaurant. Um, and just also anyone who's providing sweets, I've done that all. 
and you know, and also uh, after you complete their bingo card, they can also win a prize from some participating restaurant. So dinner on us, if you will. Nice. So what are some of your favorite spots to go to in the city, Derek? Man, I love my Nigerian friends. And so I love Taste Nigeria. That's one of my, uh, one of my uh, top spots. Uh, I love Suya Hut as well, too. Um, but then also I have to bring it back home. I'm a man from Austin, Texas. So I love barbecue. So Ray's uh, uh, barbecue is always amazing. And then just my old cafeteria food from This Is It. So those are, or Esther's, those are all my, my yeah. favorites that I love too. Yeah, I love the spots. All five stars, man. You keep mentioning barbecue. Nah, I got a taste for brisket now. All of yeah. <laughs> Give me some brisket. Yeah, so yeah. Um, five years celebrating, and yeah. you all have extended to different markets um, mm. in the Absolutely. country. Um, talk about Absolutely. the different markets where um, Black Restaurant Week also provide, presides. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, our calendar, after we go from Houston, uh, we go to the Midwest. And the Midwest is a region this year. And so we're, we, are, uh, we love to, to take on big challenges, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that is uh, encompassing Kansas City, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Louisville, Detroit, Chicago, Cincinnati, Columbus, uh in that whole in grand rapids minneapolis all those uh those great cities will be providing uh restaurants during their midwest campaign um nice. and then after that we go to yeah <laughs> after that we go to uh we go to philadelphia uh then we go to uh the uh, cali we go to the bay area los angeles and then we come to one of our newer markets uh which is dc this year, uh, then we go on to again Atlanta. Uh, then we go to another new market, which is New York. What? Uh, and then <laughs> yes, so New York yeah. City, yes, sir. <laughs> Good nice. for you, man! Wow, man! Yeah, yeah, New York City, uh, and then uh, we come on down uh, to do Alabama, which is the entire state of Alabama, and then we uh, also are doing Central Florida, so the Tampa uh, uh -huh. and Orlando region. Wow, this is great pride. Yes, yeah, so, this is this is yeah, beyond so eleven, so 11 markets. Yeah, this is great pride. This is this is black entrepreneurship. This is good business. Mm -hmm. I'll take the color out of it. Mm -hmm. This is just good business yeah. men and women doing good business. KG providing a service. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I I know where we are in life with this, but I I like to think that if I were not black, I would be welcomed to any of these restaurants to have a great experience. Wow. Right. Right. Okay. And that's and again, that's what we want to do. We just want to encourage individuals because there's so many stories we can talk about when it comes to the black culinary, like just brick and mortars or that food truck that wants to have a brick and mortar. But in order for that, you have to have money, right? And I'm I'm so happy when I hear stories of hey, you guys, I've sold out of my food mm, today. I've sold out my food, you know, and I've I've sold out of my food. Good. You know, there's stories we have across the country where they have stated, you know, you guys, what I've done in one day, I will have to do in a month. And I mean, literally, that brings tears to our eyes because it's like, you know, we were just trying to really just make a black, a black voice within the culinary space. But now it's what we believe is, is bigger than us now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and again, it's just, just showcasing. And that's why we have that, that the, uh, the experience that we're trying to provide the restaurants with a free entry when it comes to having their restaurant in our, in our database and just in our, uh, in our culinary directory. And we're also getting ready to launch 
uh, a marketplace for those individuals um, who have cookbooks, you know, sauces, spices, just all those those great tools that, you know, if you don't have brick and mortar, you also can still be in someone's home from, from that aspect. And just hearing those stories is just kind of giving us the energy that we need to continue to, to strive and just go uh, go hard in the paint, if you will. Mm. So with this new uh, 2020 campaign uh, that you mm -hmm. all have, and for those who probably haven't even mm -hmm. experienced it at all, yeah. walk them through what they would go to from going to blackrestaurantsweek.com uh, to seeing the restaurants and to the entire experience. Walk someone who hasn't experienced that, what, what they would go through. Absolutely. So individuals would go to our website, which is blackrestaurantweek.com, and they would discover the flavor in a particular market. In this case, we're going to talk about Houston. They go to Houston, uh, and they'll see the list of participants um, that are featured on the restaurant. They'll click that particular uh, restaurant and look at their menu and, and follow their fork, if you will, and <laughs> whatever their, their desires and whatever they want to eat from, whatever these restaurants are offering for the 10-day experience, that's what they do, um, and that's what we want them to do. Um, but also in conjunction that we also have, we make it fun as well, too, so they can also participate in the bingo game, the black bingo game. Um, as soon as they get black across the board, they are entering into a series, uh, into a raffle to win prizes from gift cards from uh, participating restaurants. Um, but we also have something new that we're doing this year. We're also having the Black Plate Awards, which is mm. highlighting and recognizing uh, uh, the culinary uh, the culinary excellence here in Houston. And so we're doing that in conjunction with, of course, the 97.9 and, and uh, Magic 102.1, and just giving individuals the best, the best, if you will, like yeah. the best the best restaurant, the best brunch, the best vegan, the H Town staple. And so you'll see all those things come out Ooh. very quickly here as uh, as uh, we get ready to launch uh, the coming the coming day soon. So Ooh. we're really excited. I I can't wait for anyone everyone to to. To participate so if you guys are on social media still look on uh, our our instagram that's where a lot of our activity takes place mm -hmm. so you'll see a lot of these announcements coming out which is black restaurant week um it's very simple <laughs> and then also the facebook page is also the same as well too so black restaurant week for both entities uh and platforms man derek i am so excited you know i am a fat man in my soul of course my <laughs> my physique does not um say that because you know i guess i guess i'm kind of fit but i can eat whatever whenever sleep on it nothing nothing happens to me i love to eat period Absolutely. and the fact that and that ain't know, my testimony <laughs> <laughs> i look at it and gain 20 pounds it's not right it's not right <laughs> So the, the yeah. fact that this is going on, I cannot wait to indulge and for people to vote for uh, your favorite uh, black restaurants and a chance to win $500 in cash. How is that going to work? Yeah. So, yeah, so individuals will be able to vote on the voting platform that we're going to launch in a few days mm -hmm. uh, here. And they'll see the, the short list of restaurants in each category and they vote for, their, uh, for who they think is the best. And the winners will be announced at the end of Houston Black Restaurant Week on July 20th. Nice. What is it that you? Yeah, absolutely. What do you? What is it that you enjoy the most about Black Restaurant Weeks when when it comes around? Absolutely, I 
personally, I love just meeting the different cultures. I mean, because I know within the Black culture, we have so many different layers with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, by the regions, I love meeting the new uh, entrepreneurs in the culinary space. Um, but I honestly just love the programming aspect of Black Restaurant Week. Um, so a lot of individuals, you know, we, we support the full ecosystem when it comes to the restaurant or to, to uh, the food industry, right? So we, we support farms, we, which is farming, agricultural resources, management services, being able to uh, help those farmers of color when it comes to uh, issues of land loss. Mm. Um, that's one of our, one of our thrusts that we, do, uh, we, we work with, um, just also being able to, and, if you, and folks who don't know, unfortunately, we're not doing live events this year, but right. you know, in one of, our, uh, one of our live events is called Aroma, which is what we consider our business panel, and just giving those up and coming or that current entrepreneur in the culinary space tips and resources how to better their business, whether it's franchising or, hey, I want to have my sauce from my kitchen into uh, the, sh- uh, the shelves at Walmart. How do I do that? We bring along those, uh, those, uh, those um, professionals to provide those insights. And we've done that. And we honestly, with you know, COVID-19, we've been able to pivot and done, have done a series of those, such as like our tech week we just did this past week. Um, we've also done one for COVID-19 resources, which is housed on our website, letting these restaurants, not only in Houston, but just nationwide, what can they do to better their business with, with COVID-19? Um, and just outside then how we can also just push the, push the needle further for these restaurants to get, ex, uh, get exposure and awareness. And so I know our live events, we've had a success story where uh, one of our caterers were able to receive a contract with the, uh, George R. Brown because they just came on time. They were professional and wow. it was just an amazing setup. And, and, you know, those are kind of things that we're, we're trying to push the black culinary space. Like we're trying to push them to where they are, you know, they are deemed best, right? You know, we we just kind of feel like, unfortunately, we've been under the the ground for a little for a while, and now it's time for us to grow up and just show and show us show the people who we really are, show the flavor, show the culture, show the diversity, show what show what it is, and I think that's really more important and more impactful when we say, you know, when folks think about Black Restaurant Week, they just assume soul food. Right. No, we have. We have Caribbean, we have, mm-hmm. we have the whole, if you want to even make it a bigger umbrella, we have international yep. and then we have Caribbean and we have, uh, and we also have, uh, uh, Pan-African, you know, mm-hmm. the Nigerian food, Ghanaian food, we have jollof rice, you know, there's so many different, uh, flavors and spices and things that are going on. We want everyone to know what it is. It's also educational for the people as well, too. Like just for the example, but before I love Nigerian food, but a lot of, a lot of African-Americans just don't know. Nigerian food or no African food in general. And so those are one of our, uh, and that's one of our other programs we're going to launch this year is where it's a Pan-African week, which is where we're showcasing individuals um, what it is on, on that side of the uh, other side of the pond, if you will, like what is jollof rice? What is uh meat pie? What is uh, um, a chin chin, yeah. you know, and puff puff, like what are these foods? And, you know, and sometimes these foods actually coexist in America, it's just under another name. Another like, name. Some wow. folks say that, right. So, so some folks say like jollof rice is really jambalaya. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's just a lot of great things well, that we, we can come together. <laughs> right. Look at it, right? Indeed. Well, educate yourself. Houston mm-hmm. Black Restaurant Week. Uh, but I didn't even get the week. When, when does it start, Derek? Yeah, absolutely. So the week starts July 10th through the 19th. Uh, here in Houston. So we're really excited about it. Again, we're getting ready to, to flip over the website soon to showcase all those restaurants that are participating. So I want everyone to stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just encouraging everyone to to stay 
safe, practice social distancing, wear your mask and order delivery and take out when necessary. Indeed. Black Houston Restaurant Week happening July 10th through the 19th. Make sure that you uh, log on to our Facebook pages on 97.9 The Box and Magic 102.1 for the Black Plate Awards that will be uh, taking place. And um, support your your black restaurants. Mm-hmm. Support them. Absolutely. They, they need us, especially during this time with restaurants not being open. They can only be 50% capacity, but they are still operating by doing a takeout and delivery dining. So uh, take advantage of that. The managing partner for Black Restaurant Week, my man, Derek yes, Robinson. Sir. Thank you for coming on, G. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Yes, sir. Great information. We appreciate you. And for everyone listening to the Public Affairs Podcast, we'll be right back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, joined by the one and only COVID-free. COVID-free. The one and only COVID-free, ladies and gentlemen. Uncle Funky Larry Jones. <laughs> How you doing? I, I'm I'm good, man. Like we said earlier, I followed your advice, took the test, got the family tested, uh, did the blood test same day. Everything's negative. We're feeling good. And it's such peace of mind. Mm-hmm. It just it's just really such peace of mind to know that the things that we talk about every day on a daily basis on all of our radio stations, we practice. We practice safe, safe distancing. Mm-hmm. We practice washing our hands, right. hand sanitizing. We and we wear our masks, sometimes even in studio. So to be able to say, yes, I went with you in line to get my swab test, you know, make, makes 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 good sense for all of us in this season. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have some other issues. We still have some other issues about. that have kind of taken, um, you know, on the back burner, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to a young lady from the uh, American Diabetes Association. Mm-hmm. And now uh, this morning we have on the phone the uh, AIDS Houston Foundation Regional Director for the AHF Regional Director for Texas. Mr. Anthony Snipes is on the Public Affairs Podcast. How are you, sir? Good afternoon, KG. I'm doing well, man. Blessed to be, I'm blessed to be alive and blessed to be making a difference. I know that's right. Good for you, man. Man. So um, HIV, the virus that still affects black folks the most, uh, on top of what's going on uh, with COVID, can you tell me how we're looking on um, infections uh, in the country and, and probably specifically here uh, in Texas, uh, in Harris County? Well, uh, Harris County uh, is leading uh, when you look at cases, but when you look at uh, the, the number of folks living with HIV in the United States, it's about 1.2 million people, uh, and one in five are unaware uh, of their infection. And uh, what I've stated to folks, particularly with me coming in the state of Texas, we have about 72,000 uh, people living with HIV and AIDS with uh, about 14 thousand unaware of their status and uh, currently Houston leads the state uh, with the highest number of HIV infections so what we're really trying to do when uh, when I came on board one of the things I wanted to understand is you know where the where are some of the challenges and quite frankly 
uh, African-American males and the Latino males are two of the areas where we see the numbers uh, uh, increasing and that we really need to do some outreach to make sure to educate, but more importantly, get folks in to be tested uh, to, to curb some of these numbers that we're seeing, uh, not only in the region, but throughout the state of Texas. Wow. So <laughs> black men and Latino men are the ones that's on the rise. It's no longer uh, black women. Or are they still in that? Categories. Black women, actually, the good thing with African-American women, those numbers uh, have improved uh, tremendously yeah. um, based on uh, some initiatives throughout the state. Um, but most of the uh, challenges that we're seeing as it relates to uh, some of the increases are in the areas of uh, the uh, men. Uh, particularly Latino men and the African-American men. But uh, we've seen a flattening uh, with the African-American female, which which is a blessing. That is a blessing because that was the, you know, the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> like these women are getting infected and we don't know where it's coming from. And now, well, good. Well, that's good. So, Anthony, what are some of the misconceptions uh, about HIV to this day? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges that we all are dealing with is, you know, there's a stigma. As a heterosexual male, you know, you, you know this uh, going all the way back when when Magic was uh, diagnosed, everyone saying, "Oh man, you know, Magic," you know. But the bottom line is uh, education, understanding uh, what HIV is, and more importantly, that if you get in and get tested. Uh, and uh, do, go through the process of reg, uh, regimen. We have a, a, a cascade treatment cascade program. First, the first and uh, foremost, to be diagnosed, because you have a lot of folks out there uh, that choose not to be diagnosed, and they they may feel they are, but they they won't get diagnosed. So our deal is get out there and get diagnosed, and then at that point, if you're found to be positive, uh, and there's evidence uh, of that being the case then staying in the program and being re- retained in care. Because you have uh, right now uh, with, uh, with the pharmacies that are available and the drugs that are out there, you can get to a point where you are uh, undetectable uh, and, and have, uh, be, you know, uh, they, as long as you're staying in that regiment. But a lot of times you get people in care, out of care, in care, and what we're trying to do is to get, uh, convince folks that it's important that they stay in care and have the medical and philosophical, uh, uh, psychosocial, and physical needs, uh, so that they can, you know, be, live a better life and a productive life, uh, in spite of uh, the disease. Mm-hmm. There have been um, a lot of uh, new techniques as to how to treat um, HIV, especially for those who already have it and they are, you know, on a regimen or and they're undetectable or whatnot. Um, what is the latest on, I think the last time I heard um, that they were trying to develop um, medication as to where the patient would go in once a month to get a shot and that's it. Instead of them having to take, you know, the the big Tarvey that we see all over TV or yeah. any of the yeah. other um antiviral uh medications out there. Do you do you have an update on that? Is that something that is still um that's something possible? that's still in, in pro-
pro in, in, pro in progress at this point, you know, whenever there's an introduction of new drugs. Uh, we know that the art prescription is still out there. Uh, you have a cocktail that's there. Um, what we've tried to do is to make sure folks are that, uh, here to prep uh, and try to get the viral suppression in. Um, but, you know, every day we're on the cutting edge of new technology, new new prescriptions coming in, trying different things to, to, to be able to do that. So it's not a regimented every every week uh, with the shot. But at this point, uh, that's uh, something that uh, is, is in progress, and uh, every day we're looking at uh, new and improved opportunities uh, to, 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 to try to curb this. Mm -hmm. So, Anthony, how much more of a challenge is it for you and your organization to get this message out in COVID-19? It's, it's, it's difficult. I can tell you, being over all of the health centers throughout the, uh, the state, uh, Fort Worth, et cetera, not only are we having our employees who are on the front line, they have to go home, and uh, sometimes they may not be able to protect themselves uh, because of, you know, relatives staying in the house, girlfriends in the house, et cetera, but at the same time protecting themselves uh, to provide that frontline services that are needed in COVID to provide uh, the essentials that uh, our HIV uh, and AIDS patients uh, need. And I can tell you what has transpired is uh, we've moved a lot more to phone and telehealth services versus person to person. And one of the things I've, uh, in talking to our doctors, um, everything isn't always, when, when, you're, when you're on the phone uh, or when you are uh, doing telehealth over a, a, a computer, there are some things that you may not be able to see uh, as clearly. So it's been challenging because people have a hesitancy in getting out there. Uh, and getting to the clinic on the same time. At the same time, uh, we have to make sure that we we take necessary precautions, which we are. We're doing everything that I can uh, we can to make sure our staff have all the necessary uh, uh, PPEs, uh, social distancing, and making sure from a clinical standpoint that's a safe environment for the patients that come in. But I can tell you, it's been challenging uh, for everybody. Hospitals, our health clinics, it's been very tough, um, and uh, the new normal, quite frankly, may be uh, telehealth uh, at another level, but at this point, we're trying to do what we can to make sure those folks stay in care. Mm -hmm. And to piggyback off of uh, Ankh's question, um, this major misconception that uh, HIV is only uh, gay disease, I can't believe that people still think that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable, but, you know, quite frankly, um, uh, it, it's, 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 I would say ignorance, but people, it, it's sort of like the, the craziness that our current president talked about, President Obama uh, not being born in the U.S., et cetera. Mm -hmm. People, when they hear things, it just, uh, the, the, the misconceptions and the lies just continue. You know, anyone uh, that's not practicing safe sex is subject to, to, to get the disease. And, and it's, it's, you know, uh, it's so many different forms with some of the rises in, in drugs, uh, uh, needle sharing, et cetera. There are multiple, multiple ways in which, um, uh, uh, 
you know, uh, we have to make sure we educate folks, you know, and unfortunately, you know, to end this epidemic, you're going to have to deal with, you know, there's so many different things, stigma, religion, uh, uh, economic and housing situations that uh, uh, individuals are faced with. There are a lot of things that are out there, but the bottom line is it's not a gay disease. It's a person uh, disease that can impact individuals based on bad habits uh, that can impact not only them but the families that um, uh, that they're part of mm-hmm. now if this is the honesty hour and i'm about to get real real um, <laughs> and you can say as much or as little as you are allowed to but i'm just trying to make it make sense to me all of these okay. years decades in fact that we have spent on cancer research on this HIV and AIDS research and throughout all of these decades, you mean to tell me that all of these incredibly smart scientists and health experts have not come up with a vaccine to get rid of HIV and AIDS and or cancer or whatever element that really plagues the black community. Anthony, I got to be honest, I don't believe it. They, it's called, and I had to tell somebody, I was like, it's called treatment for a reason. You're, you're getting treated yeah. so you can keep coming back and they can keep taking money out of your pocket so you can stay alive. If you are cured, then that means you ain't coming back and they ain't taking your money. So all of the money that has been raised throughout all of these decades and we still don't have nothing, what is really the deal? KG, I, I, what I would say to you is, you know, um, from my standpoint, it, re- it reminds me of cancer. You know, we still don't have uh, re- uh, any type of resolution related to cancer. Uh, and we supposedly have the best doctors in the world in the Houston region that are out there doing that. Same thing with HIV. Uh, there's been a large amount of dollars allocated for that purpose. Now, I would be remiss. I, I can't say that uh, uh, folks are purposely not finding a cure. I would hope that's not the case. Um, but what I would say to you is, um, for me, we have to, and we, are, we, 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 we believe in research, we believe in trying to find a cure, because at the end of the day, uh, it's not just about medication, but it's about you know, making sure people can have a productive life. So to answer your question, I don't know if that's the case. All I can, know is, uh, all I can say is uh, AIDS is uh, uh, commensurate to cancer. Both of them, they have not been able to find a cure. Uh, if that's purposely being done, um, that's beyond me. But I can say to, uh, say to you, uh, we need to have the best and the brightest to try to find those cures because I've had my dad died of cancer. And uh, yeah, I'll be the first in line to say anything that I can do to push a medical doctor or, or, or researcher to find a cure for cancer so he can still be here with me. Uh, that would definitely be the case. But unfortunately, it's not. Yeah, I feel you. I, I, I just wanted to. I just really needed to get that out because, you know, when you look back on it, all of the marches, all of the fundraisers, all of the all of the everything, you know, companies that, you know, put money into the research to try to find this cure. And here we are in 2020 and we've known about this virus for what, 40 years now? Yeah. And like that's it's just like it sounds like a to me, it sounds like a money grab. But, you know, because. These companies and folks, they don't care about folks' health. 
If that was the case, yeah. then the state of Texas wouldn't have been trying to reopen so fast to make money. You know what I mean? Come back. <laughs> I'm just, you know, when people's lives are at stake, I and know. I feel like I know. they're playing I know. with people's I lives. Know. I, know. I mean, but to your point, there have been telethons and radiothons and, as you said, fundraisers and marches. Walks and all of that. You know, and and we get close. We have this 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 cocktail. Then we get a little closer. And then we get a little... But it's still this long, drawn-out process. And, Anthony, we're not trying to deflate your purpose not at by all, any means. Not at all. It's just frustrating. Oh, it, I understand, brother. Yeah, I understand. It's, it's, it's a light bulb moment that will go off. We say, you know what? We really have been dealing with a lot of these things for a long time. What? And I can tell you from my standpoint, I, uh, you know, I was very drawn in uh, to to this when I started looking uh, when I was a city manager in Missouri City, Texas, and we had AIDS Healthcare Foundation to come in, and they were talking about you know we always hear about Houston, but what I wanted to understand was what was going on in the suburbs, and when mm-hmm. I started hearing the new cases uh, in Sugarland, in Missouri City, in Rosenberg, all this stuff, I said, look. It's not just the urban areas. That's right. Uh, so, so it's, it's happening in the suburbs as well, and we need to be on. To, we need to make sure we educate. When you look at this uh, this last reporting period in Texas, there are four thousand five hundred and twenty new diagnoses, and 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 that may seem small, but the bottom line is. 3,702 of those were male, 818 were female. Uh, when you look at the demographics of that, 1,800 were Hispanic, 1,500 were black. No, 909 were white, 80 were Asian. So you can see the message disproportionately over well over 50% of these cases, about 70% of those uh, are individuals of color. And the question for me is, particularly uh, my African-American brothers and sisters, what are we doing uh, to be able to be on the front line to say, when is enough enough? What do we need to do to make sure that this spread doesn't continue and impact lives and and, and families? Yeah, that's a great question, Anthony, because I'm like, yo, we not having any different type of sex like anybody else is. So so what What is it? What is it, it, bro? Like, what is it? It, it's it's a yikes! Yeah. It's a wild game. Go ahead. Um, I forgot that I had a question, but <laughs> hell, I don't forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> That's all right. Well, this is why the podcast is what it is, Anthony. We get a chance to dive deeper into a situation that maybe a lot of people are thinking about. I have thought about it, but what I would like to know is how can our podcast help your organization? What do we need? to know what do we need to do yes uh and if there's any websites that you want to share with us right now can we get that well I, well i think education is key brothers it, um uh, we have we have a mobile testing uh that goes throughout the city and throughout the state uh to make sure and and unfortunately a lot because of stigma a lot of people uh, are unwilling to go up to a truck and say, okay, I want to get tested. Uh, so there are ways in which we've made it convenient for folks to go in and be tested. For, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of our thrift shop called the Out of the Closet Thrift Shop. Has yes. some really, really nice uh, clothes that mm-hmm. come in from L.A., New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, top of the line uh, custom design clothing yep. at, a, I mean, cheap, less, ten, less than $10. But one of the things that, to me, the beauty of that is in that uh, on the other side of that uh, OTC we have health clinics we have a pharmacy so individuals can go and get tested 
Smart. Uh, uh, we also have co uh, contraceptions and others, that, uh, um, uh, resources that are there, but more importantly, can go in and get free testing and see whether or not they have the disease. And the good thing about it is they came in the shop, no one knows they're going in to get tested, but number one is awareness, understanding, uh, what your status is. Mm -hmm. And then once you understand what your status is, then you then can uh, be on that journey uh, to move forward in your life without impacting an innocent soul when you uh, exit the door and go out in the streets again. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's what's important. So a way that you guys can help is getting the word out, making sure that they, uh, you know, folks are educated, that they get tested, um, marketing that, uh, in, uh, letting your voice um, be the, the, the uh, uh, key and making sure that our people, those numbers, we don't continue to lead, but we are, uh, see a number going down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned the uh, cases in the suburban area because it seems as though the low-income areas are the ones that are exploited uh, when it comes to uh, this virus. And it's just like, yo, poor folk and black folk ain't having different type of sex than, you know, our counterparts. If you're having unprotected sex with a relatively new partner, you need to get tested. Period. It's just yeah. that or, simple. Or, just or use some kind of contraceptive. contraceptive. <laughs> Come on, man. Wrap it up. Just, <laughs> man. Anthony, give the website and where people can go to get more information because I think you said it right. The word is stigma. Yeah, uh, www.ahf.org. Uh, that site uh, is uh, a, a resource for folks to go in uh, to know where our pharmacies are, where our healthcare centers are, uh, where our testing, free testing, and confidential testing is available. Uh, it's uh, anything that you need to, to learn more about AHF uh, can be found there. Indeed. Anthony Snipes, the AHF Regional Director for Texas. Man, thank you for coming on the Public Affairs yeah. Podcast. Appreciate you, Anthony. KG, thank you guys for having us, and we appreciate your partnership and getting the word out to the people. Yes, sir. And that's a wrap for the Public Affairs Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have more interesting topics and subjects just for you.